a lot of different drugs. And uh, interesting enough, when I have a young younger person come in, uh, when I say younger person, obviously they're coming in for their grandparents or maybe their older parents. And they'll say, have you ever heard of such and such? My grandmother wants me to get that. And they have no idea what they're talking about. They're just saying the words. And uh, consequently, we can get a lot of those things. As you know, Tom, uh, several of these things are no longer available. Uh, but you'd be surprised at the number of, of items that are still available, but some of them obviously have changed their formula. But, you know, we one of the things that you and I always talk about, and we need to start this off talking about, petty calls. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of people that remember Hattie Call. So tell us a little background on that because you know this. Oh, well, I just remember when I, and it's one that's in my in my time period when I was just a little kid. I can remember my parents and grandparents talking about it and thinking, I think they were kind of thinking it was a kind of a joke, but in fact, there was a, a, a nostrum, a medicine called uh, Hattie Call, and it turned out that it was about 12% alcohol, which means it was 24 proof and and it was one of those things that seems like it was an attempt to get around the laws and everything. And finally, I think uh, it was made in Louisiana, and it was a kind of a country remedy. And it, and it, and finally, it was, uh, I think they took it off the market, if I remember correctly. But you notice the word hadical is pretty close to alcohol. And, and, uh, yeah, right. You, know, <laughs> you remember, talking about Louisiana, you remember this was a guy that, that made this originally, who was actually a state senator in Louisiana, and is a guy named LeBlanc uh, who made this thing, and he, the story went that uh, he made it because his doctor gave him a, a tonic that was nothing but uh, vitamin B1 for an ailment he had, and he decided then that he could take that and add to it uh, and sell it to a lot of people, so as you pointed out, a lot of alcohol in it, so consequently it was a repeat sale. So uh, he did very well with it. I think he started making that like in 1943, if I remember correctly. And I think they took it off the market in the early 50s. You know, uh, I, I, don't, I certainly don't mean to insult anybody from Louisiana, and I actually don't think anybody will be insulted, but a lot of unusual things come out of Louisiana. <laughs> and uh, yeah. uh, but that, that, in fact, was one of them. And I think Hanacol may have been one of the products that benefited from a lot of advertising on the radio. Yeah, they were, they were. Lawrence uh, Wilk. You remember Lawrence Wilk? Ah, yes, the one and the two. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, you see me, the, the phones are playing tricks on us a little bit tonight, so I'm going to have to. Have to. But, but I was saying Lawrence Wilk, if you recall, that was one of Lawrence Wilk's major supporters. Advertised on his show all the time. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, I remember he was the first show that ABC had. You know, they were the third network, and it's sort of minor compared to NBC and CBS, but one of the first successful shows they actually had was the Lawrence Welk show back about, about 1950, about the time that Hattacall would have been um, uh, around. And, and I was telling you before we went on the air that there's an episode of the Andy Griffith show in which Aunt B is a little down, and she just doesn't have any energy, and, and the... the uh, Snake oil salesman, the guy on the wagon, uh, Carl Tim, I think is what they call him in the in yeah. the show, comes through and he's selling a tonic, and Aunt B takes it and drinks about half the bottle, and she's just bouncing around and playing the piano, and and uh, Barney and Andy can't figure out exactly what's happened until they find the bottle, 
And then I think Barney says something like, Andy, she's smashed. She's loot. <laughs> and I said, Well, I tell you, uh, you pointed out a while ago that 24%, 24 proof. Uh, the recommended dosage on Hadicol was a tablespoonful four times a day. <laughs> so you can imagine how some people decided it was a really good tonic, and so they continued to use it. Well, you you remind me, if you don't mind, of a story that Johnny Carson, I may have told you this before on the air one year, uh, Johnny Carson was telling about his mother, I think it was his grandmother, who was a Nebraska person, conservative teetotaler, and she wouldn't uh, take any medicines. The doctor told her she'd probably better sleep, she'd sleep a little better if she'd take about a tablespoon, hence the connection to what you were saying, of wine every night before she went to bed or when she wanted to take a nap. And she uh, finally started doing that, and he said, I'm sure this is not true, but it's a good joke, that she never drew another sober breath in her life, but she never took it more than one <laughs> tablespoon at a time. It was always medicine to her. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I, I, I always get a big kick out of that particular joke. But there's so, when I was a kid, and growing up in my hometown, I there were there, it was still the day when there were country stores, you know, old timey country yeah, stores. Yeah. And in town, we would just, the supermarkets had come. A and P and Colonial store were there, but there were corner grocery stores where people could go down and buy uh, uh, something for lunch or a pack of cigarettes or, or whatever. Uh, and I can remember uh, I worked for for. A, wholesale distributor in Goldsboro one time, so I got to go in a lot of these, and I used to get a big kick out of looking, because that's where you find on the shelf somewhere uh, Father John's cough medicine, and I know you're yeah. familiar with that one. I think that's one of the ones that still is still out there, but it's been reformulated, and uh, it had been around since like the 1870s or something, And uh, but that's where you would find a lot of the, the, the medicines the, the kind of medicines that we are, in fact, talking about now. And uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. I'm trying to think of also some of them were like almost like liniment and, and things like that. Sloan's liniment. Sloan's liniment. I'm not sure you yeah. should necessarily drink that. But I was always interested, and you can show that this shows you the scientist in me, and then we'll take the break. I was always interested in the mechanism that was proposed. Uh, you know to, that uh, you would take uh, somebody's little pills and and it would uh, cure you a whole bunch of things. And I was wondering how I was going to do this. And apparently, you had people who believed in fairy dust or something like that if they were going to do that. Right. But there, but yeah. there were a number. I don't know if we should talk about this or not. But I can remember when I first started working at WPTF, one of the networks had sold a lot of commercials to Carter's little liver pills. You remember those, don't you? Oh, absolutely. And I think they made them finally. They take the they they became Carter's little pills because apparently the company could not substantiate the fact that they did anything in particular for the liver, and, and so they had to change their advertising. But uh, I, that's, I, Tom, that's one of the one of the problems that came along with a lot of these medications and why they don't exist anymore because they could not prove that they did what they claimed. And so the FDA finally started backing down and say either you run all the tests and prove to us or you have to pull it off. And a lot of them went that way. Well, let's take a break, Mike. And okay. uh, 
invite folks to stay with us. And we'll come back. I'll give you a, a tease, you and them a little bit. Actually, I'm teasing most of the audience. Is We'll take a trip to the Grove Park Inn in Asheville because it has a connection to the patent medicine world. Uh, and I was reading up on that today. It has to do with quinine and uh, the fact that it didn't taste too good, but it was the approved remedy, I think, for malaria. And uh, in the in the up until this century, malaria, in fact, I think it probably still is a problem in a lot of places, depending on how many mosquitoes you have. But uh, anyway, let's talk about Grove, the man who founded the Grove Park Inn, and his chill tonic. We'll be back on WPTF right after this. 9.25. Mike went a little long on the first portion. I guess I got to talking too much, but uh, so we'll have a short about five minutes here to talk about Grove's chill tonic if we want to. But if I may say so, uh, John, our producer, and I were talking about shots during the uh, during the break, and and I was telling him how the South was way behind. You're a good Southerner, as I am. You're from Alabama, if I remember correctly, uh, and the rest of the United States. And uh, one of the things that was common in the South was malaria. And uh, they knew that the British had discovered that quinine was good for it. The only trouble is that it tasted horrible. And uh, so uh, the, the, the person who first got onto a pleasant or a better tasting quinine was uh, the man Grove, who founded uh, Grove's Chill Tonic and ultimately made enough money that he went out and bought uh, the land that Grove's, uh, the Grove Park Inn in, in uh, Asheville. He became very wealthy, in other words. But he. That what he had to do was to take the product that they were trying to sell in his little drugstore in some small town in Tennessee and make it taste better. Well, that's, you know, as you know, there's a, there are a lot of products out there that originated in pharmacy. Oh, uh, yes. You and, I, you and I talked about Coca-Cola, and we talked about uh, uh, Pepsi-Cola, and those all started in pharmacies, and they were really made for a purpose other than what they're used for now. Uh, most of them were, were made as uh, items for indigestion and upset stomach because they had pepsin in them. Uh, and we've often talked about the fact that Coca-Cola originally had cocaine in it, and uh, they slowly got that out, and hence the name of Coca-Cola. But all of these things, a lot of these things started because they were trying to solve some type of health problem. And then we don't want to forget that somebody pointed this out to me today. I had forgotten about it. That the, the, the Pepsi Cola was invented in Newburn, North Carolina, by a pharmacist, I believe. Correct. Correct. And, and you're exactly right. That the history shows that the, 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 what we regard as soft drinks, uh, Dr. Pepper is another one uh, that right. uh, was uh, an effort on the part of a pharmacist to concoct something that would. Uh, it's not not incidentally make some money, but also solve some problem that people had out there and make them feel better. Uh, uh, again, a nostrum, uh, uh, good or good or bad. And uh, yeah, the uh, Dr Pepper was originally uh, marketed as something to aid in, in uh, digestion, indigestion, and all those things we treat with other medications now. I was watching a uh, a religious show on television one night with a friend of mine from Texas, and we both we ended up rolling on the floor because they. There was this conservative minister, you know, a healing minister, uh, uh, right. uh, and uh, he was having people he had healed come and uh, and testify. And one woman testified, being from Texas, 
she, she uh, was a big fan of Dr. Pepper, and he, she testified that his healing powers were so good that she could now drink her Dr. Pepper, and her life was so much better. <laughs> I just, you know, but, uh, yeah. uh, and I know when I was small, uh, my mother thought that a little bit of Coca-Cola on an upset stomach would fix you up just fine. And I think uh, at one time, uh, 7-Up had something like lithium in it, as a matter of fact. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Exactly. You're exactly right. And, yeah. uh, and uh, they... You know, what your mom was giving you was some, some cola syrup with carbonation. That's why right. I made the stomach work. Right? Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that I think that I've gotten the most fun out of knowing is that when you bought a Coca-Cola up to a certain point in our history, and it was probably in the 60s when they first started canning them, you know, and, and having one big canning operation like in North Carolina, it was in Charlotte. So when you bought a Coca-Cola, it was, uh, if it was in a drugstore, it was concocted right there. You know, the guy would right. uh, spray a little bit of that syrup, and then he put some, he had a, uh, a hose that would bring out just pure carbonated water and so on. And uh, they, every town had its little uh, Coca-Cola Distributorship because Coca Cola didn't sell Coca Cola; it sold Coca Cola syrup. Right, and, uh, exactly. You had to be a franchise franchise dealer to use it. Well, they finally got the the what was it uh, the, the uh, morphine or something out of Coca Cola, or maybe it was right. cocaine. Cocaine. And, and okay. yeah, by about nineteen hundred, and it really took off then, and uh, it, it's done all right since then. But the important point here, I guess, is that. Uh, the, the attempt to invent uh, what I'm calling nostrums, you know, things to make you feel better and cure things, right. uh, was, uh, in fact, uh, uh, going on along all, all of this time. Now, I have run over a little bit in our time, Mike, so we're going to take a break now. Okay. And, John, if you'll, if you'll just go along with me, I'll, I will set you up for the, the point two on this break. We'll be back with Mike James, pharmacist, and we're talking about old-time remedies, patent remedies, and uh, maybe we'll even get around to some home remedies and stuff along the way somewhere. In the meantime, we're going to pause and check our news here from WPTF, and then we'll be back with more of the Tom Kearney Show. Here's tomorrow night, uh, we're going to talk about golf. Uh, uh, we're going to talk about walking on golf courses and uh, not riding carts and doing it the old-fashioned way and, and making that a part of the enjoyment. And we hope you'll tune in and check with us then. It's a really interesting book, and uh, we're going to talk about it tomorrow night. And Friday night, of course, will be, will be trivia night. Uh, Mike James, pharmacist, uh, I found out a number of years ago that he knew a little bit about, or actually a lot about, uh, old-time remedies. And uh, he's been a pharmacist for a number of years and in a number of different places. And, and uh, I'm sure he's had the opportunity to collect information. And so I've always been interested in the subject of uh, patent medicines and uh, home remedies and so on. And the kind of thing that would lead uh, Granny Clampett on the Beverly Hillbillies to want to, uh, to uh, treat uh, her, her family with uh, uh, some springtime uh, variety uh, and, and, and try to bring them better health. Mike, have you ever been tonic? Say it again, Tom. Have you ever been tonic? Like I know, I don't think so. Yeah. I've had tonic, yeah, if that's what you're asking. Yeah, yeah I didn't, I, you know, Granny on, in the 
Southern tradition was it's springtime now. What we need to do is to yeah. tonic. And I have a feeling that what was a tonic was, to some great extent, a laxative thing. It was yeah, exactly to, right. Yeah. To to uh, and uh, in fact, I was thinking about asking John if he would get the old Ray Stevens record out, Jeremiah Peabody's Pink and Purple Pills, because I think that's right. A, exactly. A, yeah, we a did that one a, yeah. A little bit of a takeoff on the, uh, on the, that. But, you know, we haven't even touched on one of the things. There were only about two things in, in my family's uh, Eastern North Carolina family was in, in their medicine chest. And we always get to talk about one because it's still a big swinger out there in the world of patent medicines, and that is Vicks VapoRub. And it was invented about 25 miles from Raleigh. Yeah, exactly. It's still, and you'd be surprised how many people still call for Vicks VapoRub. That's one of the things that has has passed through time, and evidently people found it to be successful, and so therefore their children started using it, now their children are adults, and they're still using it. Uh, But it's it's one of those many things that still exist, and there's some other things out there that uh, we've talked about before, you know, think about uh, mentholatum ointment. Oh, yeah. You know, that's one of those that was one of those things that was around for a long, long time. It's still around. Mentholatum is still out there. Uh, remember Smith Brothers cough drops? Yep. Yeah, uh, but two guys Smith with beards. Cough drops. It's, yeah, it's still there too. They're still out there. So there's several things. Fletcher's. Remember Fletcher's laxative used to be the go-to medication for children for laxatives. Well, there used to be uh, some soap opera on radio that was sponsored by Fletcher's Castoria, I think is what, yeah, what they call exactly it. exactly right, yeah, yeah. And you mentioned a while ago uh, Father John's and Carter's Little Liver Pills. Uh, also, you remember in Black Drop. You remember Black Drop used to be a very popular uh, yeah, item. Yeah, they, they used to advertise a lot, and we used to get a calendar every year from them. That, uh, yep, exactly. Constantly reminds us of the, Black Drop yeah. is one of those things that went away. Uh, and now it's come back, but it's a different formulation, as you mentioned earlier. Some of these things have been changed in formula. Uh, but they still work theoretically for what they were used for to start with. They just found a different way to market it and found a different way to make it solve the problem they were trying to solve to start with. Probably, honestly, some of these drugs that are on the market now have been reformulated are better formulas than they had originally. And one of the things I guess one that, that I'll remember always remember from I've lived just long enough to remember that period when you there wasn't an answer to everything and sometimes you had to try to make what you had work and you would try right. different formulations and that's where the pharmacist a lot of times the uh, in you know, the Pemberton guy and and who worked with Coca Cola and others uh, doctor the doctor who invented Pepsi Cola they were trying to come up with something that would would work. Uh, to to give somebody some, if nothing else, symptomatic relief of whatever was whatever was ailing them, as the case may be. And I know there are certain uses that big vapor rub was supposed to have, but I, I know my mother invented two or three others along the way. Yeah, and you know it, it wasn't wasn't unusual for people to take things and mix them as making take two patent medicines and mix them, thinking it'd make a better product. Right. And maybe it did, maybe it didn't. You just don't ever know, you know. You remember, uh, you remember six six six? Yes. Or six six six? Yes, I remember six. Yeah, I was always amazed. Mark your years. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was fixing to say it was on the mark for years, and 
had to pull it off and reformulate it. And they came back with uh, dextromethorphan as the main ingredient here. You don't recognize that name if you recognize the, the name Robitussin DM. That's what DM stands for, dextromethorphan and Robitussin. But dextromethorphan is pretty much the main ingredient now in 666. But it's still on the shelf. You won't find it in a lot of places, but it's still out there. Um, we mentioned Sloan's liniment earlier, and uh, I was trying to—I was trying to think earlier tonight of a hand product that uh, has always been very successful uh, and is still on the market today. And do you remember Cornhusker's lotion? Oh yes, uh, I still hear ads for the Cornhusker's lotion. Yeah, exactly. It's still, you know, it was—it was—it was put on the market originally like in 1909, uh, and they—they they marketed it to farmers which is where the name came from, Cornhuskers came from, uh, and sold it very well. And it's, it's still on the market today and on the shelves in pretty much the original type bottle that was marketed in originally. Uh, and it's, uh, it's a good product, actually. It's, you know, it's got a glycerin base to it and got several emulsions in it and so forth and even has some honey in the formula, I think. So mm -hmm. it's, it's a good product and one of those sales, things that sells for 8 or $9 and people get... Once they get introduced to it, they love it because it works. You you just mentioned honey, which is, I think, a very interesting thing in the world of taking medicines and so on. Uh, uh, about the only medicine my father believed in was about a half a shot of bourbon and some honey uh, for yep. bad cold. He did not drink. He was not a drinker. He, if he had a bottle of uh, pint of liquor, it would last as long as cough medicine would. But uh, I was kind of making fun of that one time, and I, I was around a man who was a pediatrician, and he said, Tom, take it easy there because, you know, honey, and we still see honey showing up in very modern medicine, is, is a very, uh, what am I trying to say? It's antiseptic, very antiseptic thing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's, it's, they haven't been able to invent anything as good at, at protecting itself as honey is. Well, yeah, honey, uh, honey by itself, and you're, you're talking about what you and I would Decipher is a cold formula. The honey itself helps cough. If, you, if you're treating nothing but a cough, plain honey will do a good job of that. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's been out there and been used as long as you and I know and beyond that. So, But, you know, other home remedies type things we think about, and I think most everybody's heard of this, uh, cranberry uh, juice for urinary tract infection uh, does a really good job. Uh, and it's one of those things that's kind of gotten put aside because nobody thinks about that or remembers that or knows about it, I guess. Uh, but it's just that home remedy that uh, works very well. You know, something that occurs in, in talking about home remedies and everything, I think what we all do, and I'm certainly one of the people that does it, if we remember something that we used one time and it worked, we go back in the drugstore and we ask for that, even though it may have been off the market for 20 years. Right, right. Uh, exactly right. My father used to believe in something called, I, every time you've been on with me, I've talked about this, but it was uh, petrocarbosal. And yeah. uh, and it, yeah. it, you would put it on places that had uh, you may have rubbed raw or something like that. And it would it was kind of like petroleum jelly. With, with It wasn't petroleum jelly, obviously, but it was kind of like flavored petroleum jelly. And uh, uh, he would go back and well, you know, you know, went wrong. He had used that. Go ahead, I'm sorry. I, I was going to say he'd used that at some point in his life, and it had worked, probably when he was just a kid, say, 
circa 1925, but he was still using it in 19, 1960 because he hadn't yeah. found anything to work any better. You know, you and I have talked about this before several times, Watkins products. Yes, uh, yes. Watkins products have all those things that we're talking about still pretty much, uh, petrolatum type type uh, products and all types of sads and so forth, and they have some of the old-fashioned liniments. Uh, white liniment, if you remember that. Yeah. Um, it, it works still the same white liniment for years, and it works very well. Uh, a lot of people don't have exposure to Watkins products uh, anymore, but, um, you know, they used to go around door-to-door uh, and sell Watkins products. And I think the biggest display of Watkins products I've ever seen was at the flea market. Um, and I, I don't know if they're still out there now, but prior to the uh, the COVID situation, they were out there every weekend, and they had a huge display of Watkins products, and you're seeing old-time products that uh, you haven't seen in a long time. Well, you, you would, I think you you would tend to come in touch with a Watkins agent, I guess you would call them, one of two ways. You would be driving through the country, and there'd be a sign hanging from a, the, the thing that had the mailbox on it saying, Watkins products available here, you know, and that kind of thing. And, right. And a, Exactly. And there was a time, it's hard for young people today or even old people to remember that there was a time when not everybody had a car. And uh, right. I remember Jewel Tea Company used to come and visit us. And we lived right at the edge of Goldsboro. We weren't, you know, I could walk downtown from there. But they would they would make their trip around and they would open up the side of the thing and they would have medicines in it. They would have spools of thread, all kinds of things that the housewife might want. And she didn't get to go to town maybe except occasionally on Saturday and so on. So there was a lot of that going on. I want to want to say one thing. You mentioned uh, mentholatum earlier, and it was advertised, uh, I read today, particularly because of its smell and, and, and it, 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 the importance of, of menthol in it. And I will tell, tell you that when my grandfather's knees became very arthritic, he used it. I don't know that it did him any good. But it sure did smell, and whenever I smell that smell now, I can see him just as plain as day. Uh, yeah, exactly right. To... You know, there's a there's a product out there that's been around a long, long time, and it's called Soar No More. Yeah. Um, and it's a combination of camphor and menthol and some other ingredients and so forth, and it's, it's kind of a cooling gel type thing, and it's for arthritis and bursitis and rheumatism and sore joints and things like that, and it's... It's still, it's still on the market today and sells very well because people get good results with it. I'm, one of the products I remember that was good for something, I think maybe cold sores or something, was camphophenique. Yeah. And camphor was a, was a, one of the popular uh, ingredients. And, and, of course, these people were working largely with what was available. They were not able to create, you know, drugs and ingredients as modern chemistry has allowed uh, uh, the, the marketers to do. Well, you, know, you see products just like this store no more that have camphor and menthol and some other things in it, but that camphor and menthol, to your point, uh, are the action items in the product, and you get that cooling effect, and it penetrates well, and uh, you get good relief with it. Uh, Even though it's temporary relief, it'll last four or five hours. Yeah, I've often wondered about the language that they have, and then we probably need to take a break here. Uh, for menthol, is that it makes you feel so much better. And I'm wondering, are they trying to tell me that it isn't really better? It just feels a little bit better. I think that's what's going on. But then there's something yeah, it gives to be you said. That, for gives that. that cooling sensation, yeah. Right. Exactly. Something to be said for that. Mike James is sharing the microphones with me tonight, and we're talking about 
old-time drugs and just presenting some names for you that may ring a bell. And I, I hope there's somebody uh, within the range of our transmitter who remembers some of the, the drugs that we are, in fact, mentioning tonight. And I, I think I, I didn't close this out, but when we when we come back, because we really need to take a break, I want to mention the fact that, uh, again, that uh, Vicks VapoRub, which is probably the, one of the biggest selling of the things we, we mentioned tonight, because it's really still out there in the market, was invented in Selma, North Carolina, by a man named Lunsford Richardson. We'll be back with Mike James in just a couple of minutes. 653, not 653, 953. I got the, the number turned upside down at WPTF Radio on uh, the Tom Kearney Show for this Wednesday night, uh, June 23rd. Mike James of BSP Pharmacy is our guest, and we're talking about old-time remedies. Uh, Mike, do you have a favorite old-time remedy story? I know, I think one time we talked about an acidity bag, uh, and I didn't know what that is. I'd only seen it on the uh, 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 show. Uh, I'm trying to think of his name now. Uh, but anyway, uh, it was one of those things that was something that up until just several years ago, actually, we could still buy acetidity. Uh, and the old time remedy was if you were a child and you were trying to catch cold or you had uh, siblings that had a cold and they were trying to prevent a cold, they would put acetidity in a bag and put it around your neck. Right. And you had to wear that bag under the guise that it was going to ward off whatever was causing the cold. And acidity smells so bad uh, <laughs> that you probably would do anything to keep from having to wear an acidity bag. But I think it was but, Fred uh, Sanford uh, on the Sanford son who had an acidity, and his son yeah, came from the road and smelled that and said, "What is that?" But that, that was his <laughs> remedy. It was and, a bad uh, smelling thing, and and it hadn't been that many years ago that uh, it disappeared. But obviously, it's gone away now. Well, I can remember when I was small, I, uh, my my father, I'm not negative on him, but I'm, this is just the truth. He was very rural, and he believed in tar plasters. And that's something that you, yeah. you put yeah. on your chest, and it was supposed to draw the, the stuff out that would make you feel better, and you wouldn't have to cough so much and everything. But uh, mostly it made me smell like tar. Exactly right, you know. And that's what we were talking about petrolatum all ago and, and some of those washing products, you know. Several of those things that Watkins products has, and we can still get, uh, has tar as an ingredient. Remember, remember the old story about black salves? Uh, uh, yeah. Ictamol, Ictamol salve. You know, no, you got me on this one. Go on, go, yeah, go on. Yeah, Ictamol salve has a, has a tar base to it, and it's a salve that you put on uh, problems on the skin uh, that you might have. Uh, to draw, to draw the skin and draw the problem out. It's um, been around a long, long time. And it never did really go away. It went away in popularity, but it's, it's picking up a little bit of popularity back now. So if you had a cyst on the skin or a boil on the skin, you would put ictamol ointment on it to help draw it out and help heal it. So that's an old, old remedy. Well, you know, you, you just mentioned cysts and boils. I don't mean to be crude or anything, but there used to be a lot more of that because of, I guess, the hygiene wasn't as good or whatever, but there, there were yeah, a lot right, more exactly. uh, reasons to need uh, particular stuff like that. But uh, uh, I know uh, the people that, uh, uh, Dr. Scholl's people or somebody like that made something called Freezone. If you had a wart, you know, you would yeah, right. drop it exactly. on there and, and 
and and take it off like that. So a couple things you got to remember before we close, Tom, when we talk about home remedies, is one of the one of the old timey home remedies is prunes, and I'll let you. I think everybody knows why people are taking prunes um, yep. to try to help clear up constipation. But the other one is um, the tea bags under the eyes to help get rid of the bags under the eyes. And that, well, that? yeah, that it draws the skin is what it does. It has yeah, exactly uh, right. Yeah. But you know what? You've run us right up to the end, Mike. You've tied it up in a nice neat package. Okay. Oh, good. I've enjoyed being with you, Tom. Thank you. I may call you in a couple of minutes if that's all right. Okay. And, uh, Mike great. James has been our guest tonight. We've been talking about old-time drugs and patent medicine. We'll be back tomorrow night to talk about golf and walking on golf courses.